Salutation Shades, and welcome back to your one-stop shop for all things strange and unusual talking with shadows. The conversation everyone has, but no one wants to admit to. Here with your host, Vic Waitley. And Marcus D. And joining us in the studio today, we have author and Evansville native T. Harriman. Yay, that's me! <laughs> yeah. at, yes. age, at age 15, she started as a reporter for the Evansville Press, then the Evansville Courier. She now works as a young adult novelist where her books pull a lot of elements from the paranormal and her book burn this book the 10,000 year plan was just nominated for a pulitzer welcome to the studio t thank you for coming in thank you so much i'm kind of hoping that um that uh we can mention jake paul and kim kardashian here so you can put their heads on the uh, <laughs> on the thumbnail for clickbait. I, 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 I like that as a way to get clickbait to bring people into the, to yes, the episode. Wait, what, please what, what's, do. What's going on? What's going on? I'm like, I'm a hermit. I don't know what he, what's happening. These are cultural icons, you plebe. I, uh, for better or for worse. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I live in my basement and do research. <laughs> no. no, seriously. No lie. The only pop icon that Vic knows is Kesha. That's it. I know oh, Kesha. Oh, that's not bad, that's though. That's the Kesha only music. one. That's, that's, that's not bad. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if you got to know one. Boom, you know. right there. Yeah. 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 yeah, that's not bad. No, he knows uh, Neil Patrick Harris and Kesha. Him. That's it. Oh, that's, that's good. That's, that's, that's pretty much yeah, Gordon he, Ramsay. I know Gordon Ramsay. Yeah, he's a, yeah, he's a, an icon for sure. Thank you so much for coming in to the studio. Actually, in Thanks honor of you coming into the studio and you telling us this is your first time on a podcast, we decided to bring out the good alcohol. Aww. And today we're drinking Recorder League, which is like the best hard cider that is out there. Oh my gosh. Absolutely love this stuff. When we started okay. getting this in Evansville, I almost lost it. Oh man. Arr. So cheers to you. Oh, thank, thank you, you very much. Thank you. To you as well. Mm. You, to the new year. Mm-hmm. And to the new year. Yeah. Oh yeah, this is our first video of the new yeah, year. Yeah, no, it's oh, this no, is no. Oh, it's not. Te- technically, technically, the birds aren't real. Conspiracy was oh, the first. That's right. We no. got up late. Epi- that's episode. right. Episode. Oh, I, yeah. I would have rathered your episode be the. Uh, oh no, you're fine. Than, it's the, still the than us talking about the birds are real conspiracy. Okay, guys, the birds are real. Just everyone realized the birds are real. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, no. Oh, so, this sounds ominous. Yeah. So we. So we. We. We apologize. We apologize. That sounds that. ominous. Yeah. Thank, but thank you for coming in uh, today. You had initially had reached out to us. You yes. Found you found us and reached out to us, which is the first time the first time that we've had a, a guest do that. Oh yes. Well, you know, um, I do a a lot of research for my books. I try to uh, obviously my books are paranormal, fantasy, sci-fi. Um, but you try to make them as realistic as possible. So um, I try to do uh, research on the paranormal. Uh, for example, my upcoming book uh, has an actual Sumerian curse in it. Um, I try to, you know, I try to, uh, you know, make them realistic so that I don't get uh, the opposite of la- fan letters with people saying, you know, madam, are you aware that? <laughs> <laughs> you know? So I try to avoid that. 
Okay, I gotta ask a question on Ellie's behalf since she's not in the studio with us yeah, today. Yeah, no worries. Ellie really loves paranormal young adult books, but she okay. likes hers to be a little racy. By any chance, are your books a little racy, maybe a little hot and bothered? Well, now, my next book, <laughs> All Hail, she said, setting down the the delicious side. This is delicious. It it's really is. Good. I told her. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Um, my next book, which is coming out in March, All Hail, the Queen of the Freaks. Um, there That's is an awesome l- name. <laughs> that is a great name for thanks, a Thanks. Thanks. Um, it uh, there's lots of raciness in that, but Good. good. <laughs> I will let her know to keep an eye out for that. Oh, thank that you, sort of stuff. thank you. Yeah, well, I you know I cut my teeth writing romance books, and I and uh, that's what I first published, and uh, my uh, and so um, I wanted to write something that my kids could read. So this yeah. book does have a romance in it. Um, Burn this book, the ten thousand year plan. It does have a romance in it. But, you know, I kept it pretty clean because I needed to make, um, you know, I needed it for it to be palatable to critics and whatnot. But um, uh, but I, to answer your earlier question, so, you know, I do research on paranormal stuff to make sure it's as realistic or as real as I know it to be. So, you know, I found you guys and... Uh, you know, and I'm listening to you guys while I'm doing a spell check, and and uh, and I'm like, man, they they deal with stuff no one else. <laughs> Thank you. You know, we, deals we with. <laughs> and I'm I'm telling you, and listen, I comb Reddit, 4chan. I mean, I'm I'm everywhere, and you guys, you know, have detail and stuff that nobody else deals with, and so um. I'll never, and, and so I, I remember all of a sudden you guys said, you said Dogtown, and I thought, yep. oh, there's probably Dogtown, somebody else, but then you, I think you said Evansville, Indiana, and I'm like, oh my God, these guys are my hometown. <laughs> wait. And I, that's when I had to contact you. So wait, I, so your first experience with us was listening to our Dogtown videos? I'm sorry. Yeah, they were, they were not <laughs> that's, great. That's, that's back in the dark age, like when we had a lot lower production Value that oh, we no, have now. No, I no. Hey, I mean, I, and I assure you, I you know, I spend my whole day on the internet, and there's nobody that deals with the supernatural and the detail you guys do. Oh, thank well, you. Thank you. We yeah. appreciate that. I wish more it's authors. True, well, you know, and it's interesting. I, I I wish that there were more authors that because you were talking about that you pull a lot of real paranormal things, like stories for your for your books as a theme right. and, and elements in them. And I wish that more authors would do that because there are so many real paranormal stories that are out there for for people to be able to pull from right. that you know are really rich in lore and you know I, I think would, would 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 be really awesome for them to look into. Well, I don't want to hit kids over the head, and you know, and the last thing I want to do is last thing I do want to do is proselytize because that's not who I am. You know, I, I don't want to preach to anybody. But at the same time, I don't want to hide it from from young people because, you know, if you hide the supernatural from people, they or you don't talk about it, you tend to think of it as being separated and severed from us. And uh, that's a good way to get for to get taken advantage of by the supernatural. It's a good way to... Uh, and you don't develop yourself fully if you cut yourself off from that part of your nature. 
I love, love, love that response. But getting into like some of the stuff that you delve into, you mentioned yeah. earlier that you took uh, inspiration from a real life Sumerian curse. Yeah, and I want to know which which, <laughs> which one, which, which one, which one. Uh, well, uh, which one? <laughs> well, um, oh gosh, now this is this is a, this is where it gets going to get embarrassing for me, because uh, I used to live around I lived around Chicago for about 25, 26 years. And um, I belong to a museum on the campus of the University of Chicago called the Oriental Institute. Yeah. Yeah, it's really embarrassing. I'm a museum geek. And it, the Oriental Institute, uh, for example, in one of the Indiana Jones books, it places him in the Oriental Institute, going around the galleries and doing research. How is that embarrassing? That sounds That's just cool. cool as hell. Oh, the Oriental Institute is like this amazing treasure indie worthy of indiana jones and he's like and it's like all about ancient civilizations and so i went to a talk one night and um and it was and it was you know halloween themed you know and it was on and the the professor was talking about sumerian curses and some of them are are beautiful well now this boy if this doesn't sound strange but I mean, translated and in structure, they are beautiful. They're they're beautiful. But there's also blessings too. I mean, and so, you know, I include those in, in my upcoming book. It's going to be out on in March. So, the All Hail Queen of the Freaks. Cool, I'm, cool, cool. I want to get. A, I'm going to get a copy of this oh, book yeah. for sure. Oh. That sounds. I mean, see, you keep saying that sounds embarrassed, but that sounds so cool. I mean, I think that the Oriel Institute is just like this. Like anybody who like is into Indiana Jones or like secrets and treasures it's like oh my gosh it's oh, and you're among good company me and um, ellie have worked in the pit rivers in the balliol for a summer um so like we, we're we're big mu museum geeks and well um ellie was in um i think it was the her work in the balliol she was actually translating a old uh ishtarian curse Oh my goodness! Oh yeah, she's he knows more. About, I know a little bit. I picked up from her, but she knows. She's the one that knows way more about that than me. Oh, okay. Well, part of the oh boy, you're not interested. In so, um, but part of the book, I copy the structure of the um, epic of Gilgamesh. Oh my god, I'm a huge Gilgamesh fan. When he said Ishtar, I had to. Oh, I copy the structure. You know, you know, deep was the see deep. What what like in? Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. Gosh, I <laughs> I don't want to brag because you guys talk about your work in museums, but I also hold a uh, I hold a uh, season pass to the internet Indianapolis Children's Museum. Just <laughs> just yeah, well, well played. So, well played. That's pretty but, sweet though. I love that. You guys are talking Did about your museum memberships. I thought it would be. <laughs> We're I, dropping I, names. <laughs> Maybe listeners in the funny. comments could drop names at the museums they belong to. <laughs> that would that would that would be nice. We would appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what are your what are your favorite what so you talk about from paranormal elements? What what are some of your favorite types of things in the paranormal to try to pull from? Oh gosh. Well, I really don't um I don't um pull from the paranormal unless it suits the plot uh because you know as i said my purpose is not to you know is definitely the last thing i'd ever want to do is preach people is preach to people so yeah so yeah 
So, I mean, I don't, you know, so I, I, I'm i sorry that doesn't really answer your question. No, 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 no. You're, so it's just no, sort of like on an fine. ad hoc basis. For, what, for, for whatever this is. Well, I mean, I think that's cool. Well, I think that it's it's awesome that you have an, an open idea for whatever is going to fit. Because we see it all the time in, in the paranormal community where people will just, they'll over-specialize themselves into a particular type of field. Like, they'll only look at one type of thing. Like, only look at ghosts, only do demons, only look at cryptids. But there's definitely this greater pattern out there that shows an interconnectivity between a lot of it. Well, for example, um, I was just dealing with this scene yesterday. I was putting some finishing touches in it in the All Hail Queen of the Freaks book. Um, There is one scene where um, these two, they're large dolls, they get possessed. And, you know, my hero, she walks out of her room and she sees them at the end of the hall. They say, you know, pick, you know, pick one of us. One of us is good. One of them is e- is evil. She's like, ah, you're not real. She she tries to run her hands through them and, and one of them bites her. And... <laughs> And so she's got to figure out, she's like, well, you know, I got to get rid of them. So, you know, so that's, you know, so that was just the plot, you know, so that I had to deal with that. I like that. That's awesome. How, so one of the things that, uh, that happens to a lot of people when they really start diving into the paranormal is, especially if you've not grown up with it, or you've not been exposed to it before, or right. it's your, some of your initial time, or even long time, I would say veterans in the paranormal would experience this too. I mean, it can be draining. How right. how do the characters in your book cope with facing the paranormal? Well, I want to try to make it, um, you know, one uh, uh, with the characters in All Hail, Queen of the Freaks. Um, my hero, she just is basically just not a believer. And so she spends a lot of her time in denial at first. And then, you know, as freaky things start to happen, she has to deal with them. Yeah. Is there anything that you take inspiration from? Because I know you know a lot about the paranormal here in Evansville. Is there any local mythology you draw on? I have a lot of stories that I have heard uh, from my family as I was growing up. Uh, My family has been here since the 1830s, 1840s. Wow, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, like, almost right after Evansville was founded. Pretty much. Yeah. They pre- yeah. Um, uh, and uh, so, uh, for the older people in my family, the west side was like basically like kind of like in the middle of what we would call downtown today. Um, but I have a lot of stories, and I and I brought some of them. There was there was no east side in Evansville for a very long time. For a very, it was literally just the west side. I mean, even when I was a kid, the the east side was not very well developed. Yeah, but, but I brought some of my my yeah. family stories. That's so well, that was one of the things that you said that really, uh, really made me want to bring you on to the podcast because you were talking about how rich in paranormal lore that Evansville is. Me and Vic know that, and so many times people don't know that and they ignore that and i mean some of the very first videos that we did highlighted evansville's paranormal history so that's so we would love to hear more and share with more people some of evansville stories yeah and i think we should i mean um you know when i kind of uh, mess around on reddit and 4chan and, and do my research and listen to people talk you know i hear people say 
you know, I'm never going back to the Midwest. It's <laughs> it's the most it's the most haunted part of the country. And I believe that's absolutely true. It's in the name of our state, uh, the crossroads of America. Oh, yeah. And we all know what happens at the crossroads. I, I'm not sure it's an accident that one of the biggest churches. You know, people don't people don't know city's crossroads. The kid that the exorcist is inspired off of, that family is from the Midwest. Oh, I didn't it was, realize it that. was from St. Louis. Oh, I didn't when, know. When before that. they went to the before they went to the before they went to the coast, they were having problems. Oh yeah, this is the Midwest is where that came from. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Well, I I do believe. I remember telling you that um, I was convinced that the Big E is has so much in common now, especially with the Big Easy. Um, I mean, the uh, the paranormal, the supernatural. Um, really tends to become evident whenever you have a transition point between places, right? Um, and, of course, the Crossroads America, obviously, it's, we're a transition, you know. And, you know, talking about being the Crossroads of America, you know Evansville right now is when they built 69, yeah. and they have 64 and 69. We are now a straight two-hour straight two shot, straight driving from the Crossroads, of Louisville, St. Louis, Nashville, and Indy. Right. Exactly in the center. And that's one of the reasons why we have, well, of course, you know, and and a straight shot from Chicago. I know this from, uh, you know, having uh, 41 run through my uh, old hometown. Uh, So that's one of the reasons why we have so much trouble with uh, drug running, gun running. Mm -hmm. Why? Yay! (laughs) You know, uh, Evansville is such a hub for these places you know they built, these they built 69 things. and our murder rate tripled this the following year are you serious oh, yes, yeah. it, yes it did when 69 was complete our if you look at the stats our, our our murder rate tripled so you see i don't think it's an accident no. that you know we have um uh that the we're here as a crossroads in so many different planes and you know, in the past few months, oh my God, a murder a day, and and not just a murder a day. People being rolled up in rugs, uh, young people, you know, dying, you know, horrible, tragic deaths. I mean, you know, there's a baseline for reality, and when things, when there's like a sharp departure from the baseline, that's when you have to start asking questions. And uh, but I think culturally too, we have a lot in common with New Orleans. And uh, so, you know, I, I do, I believe, and, you know, laugh at me at, at you want. Evansville is certainly not a, a large city, but um, I think of it as the New Orleans of the Midwest, New driving Orleans. arts and restaurant scene, all that. New Orleans is one of my favorite cities to go visit. I'd love to talk more about the connections between New Orleans and Evansville <laughs> because I've never really thought about that uh, that yeah. before myself. I, I know I 100% I would totally agree. I, w- I would agree with that. Well, you know, there's a huge Catholic influence. Precisely. Here, you know, here in, in Evansville. That was in one New of Orleans. the things I was going yeah. to mention. Yeah, so. Right. There's a lot of, there's a lot of similarities. There's a lot of similarities that you probably talked about. Right. You, um, uh, you, and, and the Catholic Church absolutely does a lot of wonderful, wonderful work. Um, but there's also uh, a centralization of power. 
to where people don't, uh, you know, uh, you depend on uh, one person to do all the spiritual work. And so people, I don't, and so people don't, they're a little bit more hands off with that. And in doing so, you open yourself up to not having control, not having as much power over your, uh, over the spirits around you in your personal life. So that act of giving up the power and autonomy to someone else for your spiritual teaching, right? Then in turn, <laughs> you said it so much more eloquently. Uh, than oh, I I'm did. just, I'm just making sure I understand. I can be <laughs> really did. dim sometimes. So no, I'm just not at sure all. Understand and I do not mean to say, to cast aspersions on the Catholic Church because, as I said, it has done a lot of really, really wonderful work. I grew up Catholic. My family is Catholic, and um, and I do see all the wonderful, wonderful work they do and the teaching and and the community work. But I'm just saying, whenever you, for example, I remember when I was a little kid, my family would take us to St. Minard, and uh, we would uh, stand outside the office of the exorcist for the area. Uh, and I believe that's since been moved to Indianapolis. Yeah, but it's still like the, one of the largest arch abbeys in America. In it, it, I, I, yeah. And even in the world, too, it's one of the largest ones. People don't know about it. It's pretty cool. It's, I mean, it's about an, oh, an it's hour. It's about an hour drive here. Yeah, people don't. About? It's gorgeous. It's so peaceful and beautiful. Have you never been Super. to St. Minard? Oh, it's gorgeous. It? Up in, it's like northern Spencer County. It's the Arch Abbey And the there. food. Oh, I didn't know about Mwah. this. Chef's kiss. Man, I love food. I'm going to take this place out. Yeah, oh, you do. It's beautiful. I love Catholic buildings, and I love uh, food, so this sounds like a trip. Yeah, it is a profoundly peaceful place. It's beautiful. Um, Well, I'm just saying that um, when you have the, you know, the the priest, uh, although many priests don't don't believe in this anymore, but when you have one person, for example, who is in charge of doing all the exorcisms, then... um, uh, you don't think you can do that in your own personal life, whereas legally all of us have the authority and the the power to do this. You know, so we have to have you back on at some point yeah. when we're interviewing Ricky Brockman. Yeah, yeah. We, so we have to have you on at the same time as him. Talk about legal issues and things no. like that, yeah. exorcism and stuff like that. Oh yeah. Oh. I will, I would love for you to talk about some of the stories that you had growing up, yeah. like some of your paranormal experiences that you had here in Evansville. Yeah, we did. We kind of got away from that. No, you're fine. No, no, no. I, I definitely wanted to highlight that because you were talking about that, and I think that I would really love to know more about that. Um, absolutely. What, as I said, I grew up super, super German, and these were people who believed in facts. Well, indeed, I uh, have a, you know, I have been educated to view reality. I have a reporter's training. Uh, a newspaper reporter's training. Um, I was a uh, professor for 12 years full-time, so I believe in statistics. And so one of the things I learned was to consider the source. And so when these people with their tough German backgrounds, um, when they told you a, a ghost story, your ears perked up because you knew that they believed that they had that they had witnessed something that they believed objectively to be true and real. I 100% understand exactly where you're coming from. Yeah. Because I have, I have, you know, I've lived in Evansville since I was born in Evansville. 
So I, I 100% understand what you're talking about because they'll be like, we don't believe in any of that ghost mumbo oh, jumbo. Absolutely. But let me tell you something. <laughs> that would happen to me. And then they'll tell you like the creepiest ghost story that you've ever heard in your life. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and in my own uh, life, I did not really, I was pretty much the same camp until 2013. And even then, I had to examine what was happening to me through the eyes of statistics. What are the odds of this happening? What are the odds of that happening? And the odds, pretty they drop pretty quick and, until you realize, uh, okay, yeah, statistically speaking, this has to, X or Y has to be true. At a, certain, at a certain point, a synchronicity becomes a pattern, and that pattern has to mean something. Right, absolutely. So what was your very first paranormal experience that you, that you personally had? Um, or that you know of, whichever, that, whichever one you'd like to talk about first. Oh my gosh! Well, let me go to my uh, probably my family's is is probably the most interesting to the listeners because um, they some of my stories deal with points that listeners can actually recognize. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so. Um, uh, I'll start off with the first one. One of my uncles had a rent house downtown near the Courier and Press building, and it had a dirt floor in the basement. And everything would always go wrong with this house. He was always calling in electricians, plumbers, you name it. And all these people would always tell him there's absolutely no, nothing wrong with the electrical system, the plumbing, etc. And uh, he would be working in the house, uh, over time, he had to do work himself. Nobody would come work on the house, and he would feel like he was being watched. He heard his name being called lots of times when he knew it was alone. And he found um, occult paraphernalia, stuff written on the walls. But despite all this... He- Are there any details on the occult paraphernalia? Because one of my favorite things to do is to break down occultic iconography. Uh-huh. Did he pass any details on what it was? I remember him saying pentagrams. Okay. Yeah. Um, and... um. But one day, you know, and he kept kind of blowing all this off, like you do, you know, like uh, trying to find a a logical explanation. Until one day he had to dig up the basement. Now, why this is, I don't know. And he found two dead bodies there. And uh, he was terribly shocked, but uh, he covered them back up. And he never told anyone because he knew he'd never be able to sell the house. And as you do. As you do. Well, <laughs> you like, know. Like, we're I'm, just going to cover that back up. <laughs> yeah, you know, Martha Stewart, she's all about the right ways to got like, you know, uh, cover up the body you know, uh, basement. It's like the, it's got a dirt floor basement. Uh, it's been uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. highly fertilized. <laughs> like, just turned into a selling point. You know, might, so, might, there might be some calcium deposits in there. <laughs> <laughs> so to this day, I drive past that house and I wonder: Do these? Do the owners know that they have some extra residents in the basement? I have a curiosity for you. Yeah. Since there was occultic iconography and two bodies. Do you think happened to the buzz? Do you think they were ritually sacrificed? Do you think there was a greater occultic purpose here, or do you think it was maybe something else? I don't know. I really don't know because uh, I was relatively young uh, when I I was relatively young when I heard this. But I do know um, because my family owned a lot of rent houses back in the day, and 
I do know that, and, uh, that if there were shady goings on back in the day, if somebody was murdered in a house or something happened, you, if you had that kind of basement, you would just put them in the basement. Nobody would know. Well, to, to the, I mean, Evansville, way back in the day, I mean, even in Indiana in general, used to be very, very rough. I mean, literally since the beginning, used to be a very, very rough. Like the term Hoosier, one um, of the possible uh, backstories to that term was how rough Indiana used to be that ears would get ripped off in bar fights because they were so violent here. Right. That people would go, Hoosier, like like that Who's because you, yeah. yeah because of our I've accent. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like people don't know that. There's At Evansville, people don't know has, I'm older than you guys. People don't, you know, a lot of people don't realize uh, Evansville has like a huge organized crime yep. uh, background. I mean, I can't, I, you know, on the air here, I can't name specific places, but I'm sure it sounds No, like, no, no, no. We're, we, we know. <laughs> okay, I was gonna say, yeah, you know. <laughs> we, we have also not talked about. Some, I know Vix had. I know Vix had some, yeah, run, uh, some run-ins in the past. <laughs> yeah, I knew about like the rum running and stuff, and I've had a few personal issues, but I didn't know that there was like a large organized crime. We're, oh yeah, we're at the crossroads of America for the well for the, know, dr- a drug the running, gun running. We're the number running. one methamphetamine. Oh, we're talking about like meth production. running and stuff like that. Okay, never mind. Never. I'm, that, cut up. I'm cut up. Center of the opioid epidemic here. Yeah. Like I said yeah. earlier, I can be a little dense sometimes. No, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about it. Don't he's worry like, about he's it. He's like, it was such a safe place. I'm so oh, glad I was <laughs> You know what? Honestly, and this is going to sound terrible. I, I felt safer on the south side of Chicago. Although I do think Evansville I live is a seven miles. I, mean, I used to live seven miles south of Gary. I mean, to be to be fair, to be fair, in Evansville defense, I don't know. I don't know if you can really. I don't know if you can really compare like the murder rates in Chicago to to Evansville, but. <laughs> Per capita, well, I'm starting to wonder. Yeah, well, no, no. Well, that's true. Now, that's starting to be true. Now, I will agree with you on that. Yeah. I, I, I will agree with that. Well, I'm telling you, um, me and Vic were downtown Evansville, man, uh, one time, and I swear we thought we saw, like, Santeria iconography. It was Santeria iconography. I've also oh, found that, that in a um, graveyard oh, oh, I yeah. was investigating around Brazil, Indiana. It was a graveyard I had been to many, many times, and this time when I came back, a bunch of the gravestones were broken down. And there was a lot of graffiti in there, so I took pictures of the graffiti and I sent it to a professor friend of mine who's really big into iconography. Oh. And they're like, "This is Santorian." Hmm. I and, believe it. Oh yeah, I really do. Um, but well, anyway, so that is one of my stories. Um, another story I would be really, really, and I wanted to bring it to you to hear if you had heard anything about it. Um, and I'm really wondering, hoping that viewers have or listeners have. Uh, and if they have heard about this place in Evansville, I'm hoping they will say something in the comments. But um, my grandparents and my parents told me a pl- about a place on the west side called uh, Devil's Hill. And it is a place where it looks like a road was go- is going downhill. But if you put your car in neutral, your car would drift backwards. And I remember driving that road a few times and my parents doing this for us a few times when I was a little girl and it was like surrounded by cornfields. Uh, but I cannot, because it, I, I cannot remember where it is today. So it would be amazing if a listener could tell us where Devil's Hill is down in the comments. I think it used to be by rights. Oh, okay. Well, then perhaps not cornfields. I could be wrong, but don't, but don't hold me to that. Because I 
Yeah. But don't hold me. Don't hold me to that because I think okay. most of the hills are down by there. I was like say, most, is it definitely in Evansville? Because I know there's one of those a bit north of us, but it's outside of the Evansville area, and uh, there's one for like the like south a, of us, like the, like up near Hopstad. I remember. Yeah. Hopstad also remember like cornfield. Hopstad also has a lot of hills as well. Maybe maybe listeners can pin these down for us. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I will. I will ask my my mom That'd um, be cool. because she pro- if I had to make a guess, I bet she knows because she cause she's from here. So I, I will ask her, but it's either my guess is it's either by rights or it's probably up near Hopstadt. Okay, all right. If I had to, if I had to make a guess, be curious. I'd, I'd, I'd like to know. Um, uh, let's see. Also, too, um, there is, uh, and, and here's a place that's relatively uh, close to us. Uh, my uncle has a house that uh, is standing vacant on Baird Park Drive. And it is haunted by an entity called the Gray Ghost. Uh, apparently, my aunt and my sister uh, have awakened um, or looked up to f- several times to find a hooded gray figure looming over them. Um, apparently, it's a pretty malevolent creature. It seems to drain energy from anything and everything, electrical appliances, people. On-site investigation, Marcus? Sounds like it. It. I mean, there are a lot of, you know, uh, gray, like grayish, whitish, heavily cloaked entities near rivers, like water sources. Okay. It's pretty common. Like, oh, like, so that's like, like a, so that's interesting. I know that I know that there's a lot of like white lady st- type stories like around large bodies like of La water. Like yeah, 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 yeah. Or the oh. uh, there's there's a couple of them in Ireland that are very similar. So you see that that doesn't shock me that they ran into entities like that near like you know pe- people often don't realize how um, big the Ohio River is. You know what? And we especially and I, down by us. I'm embarrassed. Because I should have mentioned that, you know, the Ohio River, obviously, you know, because we're a community on the water, that also, I think, plays a factor. Because I know a lot of people are familiar with the Grey Lady, so, it, like, it's interesting that 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 there are other types of Grey Cloak-type entities that, yeah. that, 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 that people have ran into here in Evansville. Yeah, my, my, uh, um, my, fa- my family members got... Despite this, um, you know, jump scare <laughs> type of issue that kept going on, they got used to it. Um, but they moved to, uh, out, and even and so today, the um, the uh, the gray ghost has the house all to itself. You, did you say the phrase "awakened"? Like you thought that they awakened it. Or they were awakened by it. No, they would wake up okay, to find okay, it standing okay, over them. Okay. By any chance, yeah. at some point in the future, do you think there would be a possibility of us getting access to check it out? Let me check it out. I'm going to have appreciate coffee. you a lot. I'll have lunch with my uh, cousin next next week, and I'll check with her. Thank I'll you. See. Thank you so yeah, much. Sure. We, would be, we would be very happy to do an investigation. Yeah, house. sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, um, another... Um, place uh that uh i was just gonna say i I have a couple i don't know how we're doing on time okay uh uh my uh my uh grandmother used to tell me a story 
uh, and boy, oh boy, uh, my grandmother was, um, she was a tough businessman, uh, businesswoman, <laughs> but back in the day, uh, she was pretty tough. Uh, my mother tells the story of a, um, uh, my grandmother showing up to pay rent to find uh, that uh, t- two gentlemen callers in the house with uh, the two prostitutes who are, and she found out for sure. And so she threw them all out of the house and one of the gentlemen callers broke a beer bottle and started menacing my grandmother with it. And my uh, mother at this point was about 10 or 12 and she's terrified. She runs to my grandfather's butcher shop and says, you know, daddy, daddy, you know, please come help. They're going to kill mommy. And he just calmly says, oh, she can take care of herself. <laughs> and my wow. mother goes back and sure enough, the prostitutes and the Johns are calmly putting furniture out on the sidewalk. That's a tough lady she right was there. She was tough. So when she told you a story, I, I you believed just, it. I can just see them and like, pick up that the cabinet, hoe. <laughs> she was tough. She really was. So she tells this story. <laughs> she tells this story. Um, uh, when she was at the wheel and again on the west side in the early 1900s, uh, she had a car full of kids. It was sleeting and raining. And she was driving amidst cornfields, so the visibility was virtually zero. Uh, So, you know, even though she knew her way, she got lost. And soon she got pretty scared because uh, she was starting to run low on gas, remembering that she's in one of those, you know, old cars that have, you know, no gas tank, no headlights, nothing to speak of like what we have today. So, um, you know... Clearly, she's driving through the cornfields on a road. There's no way in or out. When suddenly up ahead, she sees a man that she describes as being outlined in blue. So she couldn't miss him. She steps on the brakes, rolls down the windows. And to her shock, the man was wearing an overcoat and a hat back then. Uh, But his hat and his coat were completely dry. Um, Still especially knowing her, she figures there's a logical explanation. And she asks this man for directions. He gives her easy directions. She drives on, and she realizes, and again, this is way back in the day when you could trust people, you know, late 40s, early 50s. She's thinking, oh, my gosh, this man's out in the middle of the cornfield. The next house is, back then, miles away. I better go back and give him a ride. So she goes back, and the, the man is nowhere to be found. Okay. Uh, what was the description of the man one more time? Because I think I got a connection here. Oh, really? Okay. Maybe, maybe. Give me the description one more time just so I know. I don't have much. He was wearing a hat and an overcoat. He was outlined in blue. Okay. This was maybe five years before we started uh, the YouTube channel. This is back when, remember when I was le- living back in those uh, back road and forested areas um, out by USI? I kept having this reoccurring dream about a glowing blue person huh. and a man in a fedora. Or sorry, I need to get closer to the mic. A man in a fedora and a uh, kind of a suit, a suit coat or a sports coat. Hmm. And 
Then, like, one day when I was driving through the field by the house, out in the field, I saw this just glowing blue humanoid form. And But keep in mind, I, we this wasn't so much it was blue outline. This was, like, a blue nova walking through a field. Oh, wow, okay. But just an odd connection that I was having dreams about a guy in a fedora and a sports coat and a glowing blue person, and it was in Evansville. Where so, was this? Uh, out around USI. You know where the, oh, I think it's a Chuckles okay. gas station? course i did yeah, yeah you turn like towards the chuckles and there's this be- this wooded area there and I of was course my, my doctor's area. is right before you go there yeah yeah so it was out in that uh wooded area back there and i'd seen uh the blue glowing guy in the cornfield right at the end of the forest huh it, it reminds me a lot of the stories that people in rural parts of america talk about whenever they would run into like men in black type stories like john keel mm-hmm. talks a lot about this where he'd see people would like way out in the middle of nowhere but have these like odd encounters with these people in these like overcoats and these like large wide brimmed hats. Yeah. You know, and there would be something like really weirdly bizarre about them. Well, I don't think it's an accident that Hollywood puts so many pictures <coughs> in the Midwest. That oh, yeah. They situate so many movies in the Midwest because, um, you know, it's a simmering cauldron. It really is. But I think it, it's possible that now that you mention it, that maybe this is sort of a geographically tied entity. And perhaps. But also, like going back to what you're saying about so many things in Indiana, uh, Supernatural came through here all the time. Uh, Erie, really? Indiana. Oh uh, my God. Stranger Things is <gasps> no. said in Indiana. It's such well. a great show. Like, a lot of horror revolves around specifically Indiana like, and occasionally Evansville. And, and, I, boy, I, I just, although I've never heard anybody really express it, I don't see how Stranger Things, how the creators of Stranger Things, they had to have seen Erie, Indiana. Oh, I believe it. I, they I, had I, to. I, I, saw some, so, I, saw some influ- I saw some influence from, this, from like the way that so they. so direct. Well, people in the paranormal remember that show. Erie, Indiana, and how awesome that it was, and how it influenced so much. Like, I think me and Vake were, were probably teen. I, I was probably preteen, maybe teenager, and I think you were probably a teenager by the time that that Young came teen, out. Young teen, I think. Yeah, yeah, okay. Whenever that show came out. Okay, yeah, it, it's amazing. And I think Stranger Things, at one point in Stranger Things, they bring out a, uh, at one point in Stranger Things, they bring out a map, and they point to where Hawkins is, and they pretty much put it at Bloomington. And yeah, they point to it. They're like, here's Hawkins and that's Bloomington. Well, you know, I went to IU Bloomington and uh, I went from 87 to 91. And, you know, back then, uh, I mean, let me tell you, I was a Reagan Republican. Let me tell you, back then I was a Reagan Republican, and and I had uh, and I had a Wiccan friend in one of my um, linguistics classes, and she would tell me, she'd say, well, you know, um, a, a bunch of uh, you know a bunch of vortices converge in Bloomington, and I and when when I was a freshman, I was like, oh, that's nice, yeah, that's nice. By the time I was a senior, I was like, oh yeah, that's you're, you're, oh yeah, for sure, of course, you know. <laughs> also, fun fa- fun fact about Bloomington that a lot of people don't know: this is like underground paranormal secrets. Uh-huh. My dad, who worked there forever, he said one of the things about Bloomington was that a lot of the people in town believed that this um, equipment that was behind one of the coals there in Bloomington uh-huh. was a government project to control the weather. Really? <laughs> yeah. You, la- you, you know what? I, I have told you that. Well, no, NWSC yeah. Crane. Yeah, and yeah. Crane, yeah. I so, mean, uh, you don't get more secretive than the Crane. 
I mean, the, the naval base that's not far from Evans yeah, that's, yeah, that um, people don't know about. Yeah, yeah, I apologize. There's a lot of oh, no. regional. Oh no, no, no I know. Talking about I know. Here, yeah. Oh, I know. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I know. I should laugh about that behind Coles, but at this point, when whenever you anything about Bloomington, I mean, I'm like, oh, okay, well, it could be true. You know, <laughs> I believe. You know, it could yeah. be true. Like it's it's weird from the tip of the, of Evans or uh, Indiana. All the way to Bloomington, you hit Indy, and you stop. Yes. <laughs> it goes back all the way to North Indiana. And then all of a sudden it picks yeah. up again. And that's where I uh, lived, and one of my stories is from Northern Indiana. Neat. Yeah. I lived uh, oh, a couple, I lived seven miles south of Gary. Gotcha. In a town named Sherville, Indiana. The fact that you survived, I'm going to give you a round of applause for <laughs> that close to Gary. Oh. We're talking about murder rape per capita. <laughs> well, hey, you know, Evans, we're working on it. We're working on we're it. We're from Indiana. We can say it. Competitive. <laughs> they know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I lived close to uh, many of the sites you mentioned. Uh, La Llorona takes yep. place on uh, Klein Road, which I would go on, or you know, daily at times. Um, and I lived about... <sighs> Maybe about a mile, uh, an hour and a half away from Oak Ridge Prairie, which is where, which um, is around Reader Road, which is considered the most haunted road in Indiana, which is probably not, it, which is probably true. I'd love to drive that. I would too. It, it's an experience. <laughs> I, 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 think, I think we got time for one final question each. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. My final my final question to you is going to be, uh, since you're an author, okay. If if there's a, a person listening on our podcast that wants to get started being a paranormal writer, mm. where would you recommend they start? Like, how should they start? What would your advice be? Oh wow, that is a heck of a question. Um, well, if you really. This is a. I know this is, is going to. This is probably going to seem like it's going to come out of left field for you, but I would say honestly. Okay, I'm just going to be honest here. I would say to make a prayer list, like ten items every day, and pray them every day, and start watching things. And I, you know what? And at this point, I'm not going to tell you who to pray or pray to, but start watching things start unfold around you. Um, because once you open the door, if you know, then things will start. Things will start unfolding around you. Now it depends. You know, um, uh, I mean, if it were I personally, if I had to do it all over again, I would have gone to church earlier. Because um, as I said, you join an evangelism committee, and you're gonna have you're gonna have cra- coming out of your butt. You are you're gonna be you're gonna be a target. So that's the, I think the best way to learn is by immersion, and also by read you know reading as well. But I'm just gonna be honest with you. Uh, you know, um, I pray to God every day, um, but uh, I also understand there's a lot of different rows and journeys out there as well. But I think once you open the door and start becoming observant and trust what you see, 
You know, start asking yourself, what are the odds of X happening? What are the odds of Y happening? And they start, they start dropping pretty quick. Uh, what's the Sherlock qu- quote uh, that um, Sherlock Holmes quote? When you've eliminated the impossible, whatever remains, however improbable, must be the truth. Love it. Love I s- it. I swear back in the day when we used to do quotes, like for the beginning of our videos, you did that one once. I, right? Oh, I'm certain I did. I, and I've yeah. read Doyle. It's just, it's been a while since I've done it. <laughs> I haven't had the itch to read Doyle in like, I don't know, 10 years. <laughs> right. Uh, the BBC series is interesting because it takes him into the paranormal. Okay. Here's my question for you. Yes. Do you feel like Evansville has a higher volume of strangeness than normal? And if so, why do you think so? I I am completely sure Evansville has a higher volume than normal. Oh, I'm with you 100%. <laughs> uh, much, I mean, me much, too. Much, much higher than normal. I mean, I have lived in other places, Minneapolis, St. Paul. I mean, I'm all over the place. Um, but... Um, uh, and unfortunately, we're seeing a lot of this. And so a lot of this has its manifestations in the good stuff. The amazing restaurants, the the mm-hmm. thriving cultural scene. Um, and so that's good. And we do have, you know, uh, churches around here that are doing wonderful, wonderful work. But on the other hand... You know, we do see the my rising murder rate. And as I said, not just the murder rate, the freaky murder rate. <laughs> you know, freaky stuff. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we have the drunk drug running. We have the gun running. Uh, we are the center of America's opioid epidemic. Um, and a lot of this does have to do, I'm positive with, you know, our, uh, you know, the fact that, you know, we're on the water here, and we are the crossroads of the crossroads. Evansville is the northernmost city of the south, I believe. We keep bringing up great restaurants, and I just want to throw one out there. Okay. If you live here in Evansville and you haven't tried Flourish, go try Flourish. Flourish. I absolutely love Flourish. Ooh, I haven't tried it's that. It's a vegan restaurant. But it's like... Oh, I've heard of it. I'll try and give it a shot. I'm not even vegan, and I eat there all the time. Oh, my gosh. the food is that it's, it's, good. It's good. I will say for vegan food, it is very tasty. It okay. is very good. And, and this is not like... This is not paid promotion. No. Seriously at all. <laughs> no. you know, we're we just have no sponsors. <laughs> no. Nobody gives Jeez us money. Breathe. Excuse me. Um, Yak and Yeti. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. oh, the Himalayan restaurant. Please. I love that, too. Yeah. <sighs> we do have really solid restaurants here in Evansville. We really do. For a town of this size? Yes. The only thing that seems to survive in Evansville is the paranormal and restaurants. Food. Yeah. <laughs> and food. Yeah. <sighs> All right. So we're. I was a pastor's wife for many, many years. Sorry. Oh, no. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. Yes. For 25 um, and, uh, so, um, my ex-husband used to say that, uh, Evansville, uh, I'm sorry, that Indiana was the middle finger of the South. And <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh, it's so true. And on that note. <laughs> and on, and on that note, <laughs> T. T. Harriman, and her book is <laughs> Burn This Book, The 10,000-Year Plan. You can get it on Amazon. Uh, and All uh, Hail, Queen of the Freaks is coming out yes. in March. Can we can people pre-order it yet? 
Not yet. Okay. Whenever it can be pre-ordered, we will let people know. Whenever, Your sweetheart. We, we, we will I'll absolutely let you know. do that. Thanks. But yeah, but however, you can get her book, Burn This Book, The 10,000 You're Playing, currently on Amazon. Um, thank you so much for coming on to our podcast. Hey, guys, thank you so much for having appreciate me. appreciate that. And patrons, don't stick around because we've got a couple other questions and a little bit more that we're going to be talking about. But until next time, guys, keep believing. Because we'll keep listening. All right, guys, we're going to slide into the Pillow Talk segment of this podcast. If you want to check out the rest of this awesome podcast, all you got to do is go over to our Patreon and sign up. For as little as a dollar a month, you get the rest of this awesome podcast as well as the rest of our podcast as well as bonus videos that we put up exclusively for our patrons. If you sign up to be $2 more a month, you actually get to vote on the theme of the month for us where our newest poll is going to be going up. And right, It should be up now where we added the apocalypse. Dun, dun, dun. Dun. So there's a lot of stuff that we could talk about within there, so we hope that. Um, so if you guys go sign up, let your voices be heard. We always say that. But we... Wanted to get a little bit more in talking uh, uh, Miss T. Harriman here about some I'm of her back. experiences, with some of her experiences with uh, the paranormal. You were talking there, uh, you were talking, I know beforehand and during the break, we were talking that you had a lot of personal experiences in Chicago. Yeah. That go down. Would you say, were they, were they different than you say some of your experiences that you had in Nevinsville? Were they similar? Like what, what exactly? Uh, different, different. Um, um, I have, um, uh, speaking of what you mentioned, you're doing something on Armageddon. Uh, when I was a docent at the Oriental Institute, we would always have people come in. There's a Megiddo section, and I don't, and I would never expect you to know where Megiddo is. But I know it's a town, isn't it? Precisely, it's I'm an area where. Excuse north, me. That's northern Illinois, isn't it? Uh, no, Megiddo is a part of the um, Middle East nope. where. Uh, um, and Armage- uh, Megiddo is where we get Armageddon from, Armageddon from. So it's where Armageddon is supposed to take place. So people would always come there looking for clues. So looking for, inter- you know, stuff. I remember whenever we would work at the psych hospital and people would talk about that the end of the world is coming. I was like, can I just have a heads up so I'm not a yeah. <laughs> I know, seriously, because like, I don't want to be here. I'm not making fun of it. I'm not, I'm not making fun of it.